Hello, and welcome to the eTech Podcast with me, your host, Ryan Morn. I have been involved in the development of electrified vehicles and machines since 2005 as an engineer and a business leader. This podcast is the product of my passion for electric and autonomous vehicle technology. I'm here to share knowledge from some of the world's leading experts, as well as my own insights. Join me as we accelerate the transition to cleaner, safer and smarter vehicles and grow the industry around the world. Today we've got a really interesting podcast for you, I hope, with um, with a guy who I've known for a, a lot of years. This chap's called Matthew Lumsden. He's the CEO of a business called Connected Energy. And Matthew's going to tell us all about what he has done, how he got to where he is, and also about what Connected Energy do in the, in the field of battery storage systems. So without further ado, we'll get on to today's podcast. So Matthew, can you just tell me a bit about you and your background? Where, where did you come from? Okay, so um, my background's from having spent the last 10 to 15 years in clean tech, I suppose, uh, prior to 2010, focusing very much on, on renewables, wind farm development and from a consultancy perspective. Right. So looking at consenting for wind farms and PV and stuff. Uh, but then also, I guess, critically to what I'm doing now, working very much on the grid connection side, so looking at the implications of installing PV, ground source heat, onshore wind, etc. And more recently, obviously got into uh, electric vehicles in 2010, right. through the sort of uh, the growth of the sector in the northeast. And then more recently, uh, since then, I guess, focusing very much on the battery side and storage. And that's where um, so connected energy is your is your business, and that that that's what that business does. It's, it's a grid storage yeah. Business, so we, we 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 kind of formed connected energy in uh, two thousand and ten ish, and have really spent the last few years developing uh, stationary energy storage systems that use second life electric vehicles from uh, sorry second life batteries from electric vehicles. Right. So we've kind of been through a. A development phase and now focusing on commercial sales. You're literally getting batteries that are past their sort of useful life in in a car and you're taking that and then you repackage that somehow and use it for grid storage. Is that that's Yeah, so we, we, we have developed a, a control system that enables us to use second life electric vehicle batteries as they are so they're not interfered with in any way. We take them directly from the from the manufacturer. Um, so those are batteries that have been partially degraded because they've been used in the vehicle for a period, right. but have still got um, you know a substantial, useful life left in them. So right. our, our, our system, as you as you say, you know we connect up those batteries, package them, and we have a, a stationary storage system. So you must put an awful lot of them together into in a big box or a container or something. Yeah. So that's the I suppose that's the the the, the sophistication of our, our within our IP. So we're able to talk to a large number of battery management systems for batteries that are all at different levels of degradation or slightly different or operating in slightly different voltage ranges and to treat those as individual entities but all aggregated as one right. storage system. So basically like the, the ultimate repurposing, recycling of those batteries. It's as good as it gets, yeah. <laughs> It's a big challenge, isn't it? I mean, it's you know often the 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 sort of uh, the people who are against electric vehicles always bring up this. Well, what happens to the batteries? Yeah. And uh, so your your 
solving that problem. You're not even recycling them and chopping them up or anything. You're you're, you're doing something useful with. Them. Yeah, yeah. So we 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 effectively double the life of the battery, really. Right. So uh, we we obviously double the useful life. Therefore, we double the value of the embedded materials, the embedded carbon, etc. In it, and and obviously it, that's. Energy storage is typically used to facilitate the penetration of renewables on the grid. So we're also helping to decarbonize the grid as well. That's the market. What are you, what are those batteries used for? What's a good okay. battery used for? So 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 a number of applications. I mean, there's a, there's a there's an increasing concern in the commercial business community about resilience. Right. So uh, often they're used to provide a backup power supply. Um, if people are expanding their sites, then they might have peak loads yeah. um, that, that, that are precluded by their connection. So people use storage to, to, to level off those loads. But then also you can you know, optimize on-site renewables right. or you can um, do arbitrage or you can provide services to the grid. Right. And I suppose the key thing is to make energy storage pay for itself. You have to build that value stack and, and, and capitalize on as many of those value streams as possible. Okay. And is it, because um, one of the other electric vehicle things is always grid capacity. Yeah. So I guess your sort of battery systems help to provide uh, grid capacity in, in some circumstances so you can charge a lot of electric vehicles where maybe you couldn't of before because you didn't, you simply didn't have the grid connection. Yeah. So we've got a, we've got a few systems, um, one in Belgium, one in Germany, both um managing a really constrained connection so they've got uh, rapid chargers um, and, and we actually control the rapid charger so the rapid charger doesn't operate until we enable it to do so by providing the power right um, and it, we're able to manage that peak load but um, you know, there's a there's a situation there around uh, charging I suppose cars electric cars but we also think that there's a big opportunity there around buses. Um, so if you're charging big fleets of electric buses, yeah. then you're going to have some big spikes. Yeah. So we think there's a, you know, an opportunity to 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 work with bus companies to provide a um, uh, the the use of their second life batteries to help facilitate the infrastructure that they ultimately need to sell the the buses. Yeah. So there's a nice loop there as well. That's it. I mean, that's something that we hear consistently actually from. <clears throat> Not just buses, buses, trucks, and construction machinery, where you've basically got a big pool of vehicles and machines in one place, and you all want to use them all about the same sort of time, yeah. and you want yeah. to charge them all about the same sort of time. It's it's a it's a problem, um, and particularly in cities where the grid's under a lot of stress anyway, it's quite difficult to, to do that, and, it, and it's, it's been one of the big challenges for deploying a lot of electric yeah. buses in Europe. Um, so, you, so in that case, you would... You drop a um, connected energy grid storage battery into the bus depot or the construction site, and that would allow multiple charge connections. Yeah, so, so I think you know there's obviously different models. So um, some some buses charge en route, others charge at a depot. So therefore, yeah. the location of the the storage and the and the size of the system would be, would, would vary. But um, you know, ultimately, in locate city locations where you've got growing densities of population so there's increasing load on the grid yeah. um, connection upgrades are expensive um, a storage system is a is, is a good solution providing for providing that peak shaving but there's also another issue that you know typically a, a bus contract is for a fixed period of time yeah so if you get a if you get a five-year 
contract to run an electric bus, you might not want to spend you know, a huge amount on a grid connection, right? which is obviously a permanent installation. So actually storage provides you with a potentially temporary solution that you could move to oh, another yeah. route at some point. So I didn't thought about that. Yeah, it's quite a nice... On a construction site, yeah. that, that's exactly. That's fascinating. Yeah, so you've got the sort of temporary need for yeah, yeah, on a with a bus operation, which is a longer term temporary or construction site, which is you know you might you're in and out and you don't want to put a huge grid connection in. Yeah, yeah. wow. And it, and 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 is that your typical sort of customer? That, who buys? Is it the power companies buying these, or is it operators? So, so it's a it's a mix. So um, uh, it, 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 it tends to be a range of customers from those who are using the storage system to generate revenue. Mm. In which case, it tends to be industrial and commercial people who have a grid connection. They have a they have a, a load. You know, fairly consistent large load on site, and we can fluctuate the, the storage system to to, uh, to provide grid services, and they can generate a revenue. Yeah. Um, but, but the other section of customers are, is people who have a problem, yeah. um, and that might be you know peak load, it might be um, resilience issue or whatever. So, mm-hmm. and, and and those are quite interesting because we're able to sort of provide niche solutions. So, so exactly the point you just mentioned, yeah. construction sites. We've got an inquiry about at the moment for people who require a lot of power for short periods on construction sites. Yeah. So a mobile storage system is attractive to them for that. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's a big, because um, obviously you literally haven't built it yet. So. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and if you are building it, you probably don't want to put in a huge pipe to run all your diggers and cranes and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. When yeah. it's only going to be offices and uh, computers in the future. Yeah, and the other option is, is of course, generators. But in a city centre, you've got emissions constraints and you've got noise constraints. So yeah. Yeah, energy storage solves both of those problems as well. Yeah. Oh well. So where, where I don't know if you're allowed to say or not, but where do, the, where do your batteries come from? So which car okay. manufacturers? Do so you... we're working with uh, Renault, Nissan, and, and Jaguar Land Rover at the moment. All oh, right. Okay. So we've been working with Renault. Just the, the, the small guys, then. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah. So we started off with Renault, um, and you know, uh, operate systems with their Kangoo and their Fluence batteries. Right. And then we've got a, a a system running at the moment, which is using uh, JLR's iPace batteries, wow. which are quite interesting because they're they're very big and they're they're water cooled. So yeah. we've got different cooling systems, obviously, in there. Um, but you know what we're trying to do is work with people who obviously a have second life batteries available. Yeah. Um, but b also um, develop international coverage so that we can provide solutions ultimately where the batteries are available because yeah. the ultimate green solution is that you're sourcing local batteries putting them in a system yeah um and using them where the vehicles were is is um uh, is availability of batteries a challenge or are there are there plenty coming onto the second life market or how's the supply yeah so there's 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 this we're, we're, we're i would say we're at a ramp up process and a period now yeah whereby you know a couple of years ago they were pretty few and far between and over the next couple of years the volume will start to increase yeah um so you know what what we're finding is that the world is relatively new to energy storage anyway yeah <laughs> um so you know we're not only selling a new product we're selling a product that has second life batteries in it so it's a relatively slow sales process yeah um so that's giving us time to 
um, work very closely, in particular with Renault on the supply chain. Yeah. So we're lining up our project pipeline with with their battery availability, and working between us to make sure that those two there's a parity between those two, so that we can you know ensure that we we're, we're able to have the batteries for the customers. Right. And I mean, I, I, so I have to kind of ask. Um, the, the, the big name in grid storage springs to me is obviously the Tesla guys. Yeah. And th- that's not second life batteries from Tesla, is it? It's in, no, no, I don't think Tesla uh, Tesla aren't committed to second life batteries, shall we say? But right. so they're 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 putting new ones on the grid. They're putting new ones on the grid. Yeah, my understanding is that they um, recycle. They they put their batteries straight into recycling. Right. Okay. Um, so, but they've got a they've got a gigafactory that they need to keep busy. So yeah. Um. <laughs> I guess potentially that's quite an advantage for you guys in that you you're you're sort of using a second life, you know, upcycled product versus a new product. So, yeah. So I mean, you know, the the the, the benefit we have is that. The batteries are low cost. They've actually been through a period of um, you know, prolonged test period, so we know <laughs> the, we know the batteries work. They're they're resilient. They're probably been aged nicely aged. Just yeah, nicely running. aged, <laughs> vintage. Yeah. Um, so uh, and, and you know also we use all of that IP that has been invested in them by the automotive companies. Yeah. So they're probably some of the highest spec, safest batteries that you're going to get. Yeah. Um, and and then obviously you know there's a so there's a there's a there's a low capital cost there, yeah. but also because because the battery's lower cost there's a lower cost of degradation. Yeah. So they give you a, a greater degree of flexibility about how you use them as well. Yeah. Um, so you know over and above the the sustainability benefit you know com- they're commercially attractive in a number of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It must have taken. Uh, I mean. We we know we develop BMSs, so you yeah. they're complicated. But then you're dealing with lots of <coughs> other people's BMSs and trying to make them all work together in unison. That must have taken quite some doing to develop the back end system to manage and control all of that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not a techie person, so <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it, it 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 took us a while, and there's been quite a few people working on it, but um, <laughs> and it works, so I suppose that's good. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, f- fundamentally, we took the decision that we have got to produce a product that is safe. Yeah. If you're developing a second life energy storage system, you can't make a mistake. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's dangerous for the reputation, and and also we um, we want Renault, Nissan, Jaguar, Land Rover to be um, to be happy for them to for, for us to say that we're working with them. Yeah. Um, so we took the view that we don't work on a battery, or we don't work on we don't use a battery unless it's in with the cooperation and collaboration of the OEM. Yeah. So, you know, we obviously get help from them in terms of the CAM protocols, etc. Right, okay. So, you know, that that fundamentally de-risks the process. Yeah. Um and and what we what we have now is a is a processor that we can um you know, we can effectively upload the language, the CAM protocol from that particular OEM. Yeah. And then obviously there's some additional work but you know, we can control any different type of battery and, and we can use different batteries in the same system. Right. Wow. And it, you, you, I remember a while ago you were looking at some like alternate battery technologies. Is that still 
on your... Uh, it is, yep, yep. I, I can't say who that's, that's with, but we are using our controller to um, operate non-lithium ion batteries as well. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's got a degree of versatility about it, which, which means that it's um, quite a robust controller, particularly for sort of INC-type applications. Right. And that gives you, um, I guess, an even wider range of potential um, battery systems. Yeah. Yeah. Is that because we've we heard quite a lot of stuff in the last couple of years about different batteries for grid storage, and uh, there's been a few, I don't know, promised uh, sort of Cinderella technologies or whatever you want to call them, but they never seem to kind of really materialise in practice. Is it? Do do you see? What, what do you see the kind of best technology as being for grid storage? I guess second. Um. Is there anything on the side? So, so yeah, I think there's. Um, there are, so so, effectively, what we're doing is using existing technology. Yeah. I think there are there's there's quite a a long list of people developing new battery chemistries, etc. Yeah. But but as you rightly point out, they they always seem to be longer in gestation than uh, yeah. than, than, than you hear. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not aware of anything that's going to dramatically impact on the, you know, the, the, the prevalence that lithium ion has at the moment. Right. There will obviously be variations of the, the lithium ion technology, the lithium technology, but um, that seems to be the core technology at the moment. Right. Um, but then, you know, it takes me back to doing renewables, and people used to say, "Well, you know, we'll never solve that. We'll never provide all of our energy with wind turbines." Well, no, we won't. But they'll be part of the solution. Yeah. So you know, I think there will be lithium-ion batteries. There will be flow batteries. There'll be flywheels, etc. And, and part of what we're saying actually is that um, second-life batteries are a different asset class again. Yeah. So they have slightly different characteristics to new lithium-ion. They have slightly different characteristics to flow batteries. Mm. Um, Look at them slightly differently, and you know I think we'll get a, a range of different storage technologies that will provide different scales of storage, different durations, different power. Right, because it, it, it does seem like um, from what I, what I've seen recently, grid grid storage market it looks like it's about to really explode. The the um, the, the demand for Grid stabilization, the microgrids, the all, I mean, all the applications you talked about before. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it kind of feels like one of those things where everyone's ignored it for a really, really long time because it's not, it's not a new concept. And you, I mean, you, yeah. you've been working on this. For yeah, a well, yeah, yeah, I think, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's long I can't remember. Yeah. You just see these. <laughs> It's a bit like with wind power, where it was really expensive, but now it's it's a no-brainer. It's it's, it's the cheapest yeah, form of any yeah, generation. Yeah. With the grid storage stuff, you just keep seeing these amazing stories where, you know, company X or power company Y or state, you know, somewhere else has implemented it. It's fixed all their problems, and it's earned tens of millions of dollars, you know, in, a, in quite a short uh, period of time. And it just feels like there's more and more and more of those happening with the, um, with the advent, I guess, of more renewables on the grid and all these sort of peaky electrical demand yeah i mean i suppose the the the, the encouraging thing that is, is that if you talk an end to an engineer they say that the network needs storage yeah um i think the the challenge at the moment is that if you you know 
Um, I'm not sure whether it's been changed, but the, you know, up until very recently, energy storage wasn't actually recognised as an asset class. Yeah. In terms <laughs> of you know the way the grid operates, um, and, and and I think the challenge we have at the moment is that the markets aren't geared towards energy storage. So right. it's quite volatile at the moment. So you you hear about um, big spurts of growth, and then all of a sudden the market changes, and the business cases become difficult again. Right. So it's quite volatile, and you know, energy storage in the UK at the moment is pretty challenging to put together a business case. Right. Yeah. Um, but w- the expectation is that the, the 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 revenue stack will start to build up again. And that will improve the business. I mean, I, to be honest, I, I took I took comfort having been through the uh, the renewables thing. I took comfort from the fact that storage, you know, didn't have a subsidy. Right. So I yeah. felt that we were moving into a market which was real. Yeah. But it's actually quite a quite a dynamic market, so it's yeah. still not particularly easy to operate in. But but you know, there are different um, different market mechanisms in different parts of the world where. Uh, different value streams prevail, and you yeah. know some of them are pretty successfully operational now, and some are sort of coming to the fore. So I think we just have to wait for that market to mature, for storage to then sort of roll out in the scale we expect. And, the, and that and that that's these things are big assets, right? It's not like a sort of ten grand investment. No. There you go. You've got it's it's a it's, it varies, a but yeah. So so you know. The kind of systems that you're you know, seeing installed on the on the on the transmission system are you know 100 megawatts, so you know big systems. Right. But at the same time, you know, at an INC scale, people are installing 50 kilowatt type systems. So you know, there's, a, there's a there's a pretty significant level of diversity there. Right. Okay. Cool. So what's the you know for connected energy this year? What's What's your most uh, exciting? What are you excited about this? Uh, what are we excited year? about? So, so we've um, because our batteries are relatively low cost, are uh, and, and therefore our cost advantage largely sits in the in the in the batteries in the whole system. Yeah. Um, you know, we become more competitive as our systems get larger. So this year has been exciting because we've. Um, we're just in the process of testing some some um, 1.2 megawatt systems, um, and those are effectively modules into bigger systems. So you know we've we've we're due to announce a project probably in the next couple of months, which will probably be up to 20 megawatts, which will really wow. start to scale things up. Yeah, uh, and, and and some other developments as well. So you know the exciting thing for us is that. Um, these bigger projects enable us to really link up the whole supply chain mm. and work on the logistics with our you know battery supply partners um, and you know we're able to now provide third-party finance around systems so that's good that that liberates the sale yeah um, so you know it, it, it's nice to be able to get up to a bigger scale where um, things become more meaningful in terms of expanding the business so yeah. um, and then you know it's good that we're, we're sort of covering some quite good geographies. So, you know, we're, we're putting systems in the Netherlands, Belgium, negotiating a project in France and Hong Kong at the moment. So wow. that sort of internationalization is quite exciting. So that's yeah, fun. It's, it's a fun place to be. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> well, great. Thanks very much for taking the time to, uh, to come in and talk about you what you do. That's uh, it's been really interesting. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's a exciting okay. place to be. Cheers. <laughs>
Thanks for taking the time to listen to the podcast today. I hope you found that interesting. Um, if there's anything that you'd like to know about connected energy or about grid storage, um, send us an email or, or leave a comment below and someone will get back to you. As ever, um, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a comment um, and, and a rating or a like, depending on which platform you're listening on. It really helps. It helps us reach out to more people um, because it pushes us up the rankings on the different uh, podcast platforms. So really appreciate it. If you could just take the time to, to leave us a, a rating, a comment uh, or hit like, um, that'd mean the world to me. Uh, that's all we've got time for today. And we'll be back to you soon with another interesting electrification podcast.